Good morning. Welcome to Seek the Word Ministry. I'm your host, Brandon Ritchie, pastor of Grace Community Christian Church in Plymouth, Indiana. Seek the Word Ministry is a ministry dedicated to biblical truth and scriptural authority. In our broadcast, we will go through the scriptures and discuss them as they pertain to theology, the state of the church today, as well as how we should view our world and culture through the scriptures. You can find us through the Seek the Word Facebook page, which we ask you to like and share, as well as Podbean. With the Podbean app, you can listen to your favorite podcasts anywhere, anytime. And if you have the Podbean app, you can find us under Seek the Word. We ask if you enjoy our broadcast to please subscribe. On Wednesday evenings, Grace Community Christian Church in Plymouth, Indiana, has a midweek service. The teachings on those nights typically, not always, but typically, have more of an apologetics flavor. If you're unfamiliar with apologetics, it is defending the faith, so to say, or, or being prepared to offer a reason for the hope we have. At the conclusion of the teaching, I always conduct a question and answers time. Maybe those questions are about the teaching that evening. Maybe they're about any vast number of theological questions. It gives me a chance as pastor to speak with and to the issues or questions that arise in our congregation or in someone's personal study of Scripture. And it offers a means of connection with the body that is not there on a Sunday morning during worship and the exposition of Scripture. So at the very start of the Seek the Word Ministry podcast, we wanted to incorporate that same concept in the broadcast. Today is Friday, April 20th, 2018, and every Friday we will go through the questions which are asked through the Seek the Word Facebook page. We ask you to like the Seek the Word on Facebook book to not only hear the podcast, but to participate with the questions. Our first question we're going to look at today is going to get pretty deep right from the start. It comes from our good friend Zach Seaton. I want to say hello to Zach and his wife Brittany, whose account I see he used to ask this question. It feels only right that our first question should come from Zach, but it also feels like he should be asking about how his taste in music could improve. But we will save, save that question for another time. Maybe, maybe next Friday. Who knows? The question today has to deal with eschatology or one's view on the end times. Today, Zach asks us to explain the four different views of the rapture. Pre-trib, mid-trib, post-trib, and the amillennial using the common scripture references used for each, and what is the true biblical view. Well, let's first take this question in sections. The first thing we need to understand is there are two different things going on in the questions. Those two things are a question about the tribulation and a question about the millennial kingdom. The tribulation addresses the time period referenced in Revelation dealing with a time of great suffering for God's people. The millennial deals with the time in which Christ establishes his kingdom on earth to reign. Now on the surface, they may seem like the same deal, but it is not, as we will see in Scripture. But the one, as we will see, will in some regards affect the other. And how we view one often affects the other. So our views on both of these oftentimes go hand in hand with each other. Now, oftentimes when we start talking about end times or eschatology, today we live in a world where there's a fascination with these things, where all these people have come out and, 
and have written several books about how they've decoded this and that, and they know the, the time when the, the rapture will happen or the world will end. I assure you, they do not. There is no hidden code in the scripture. There is no, no uh, national treasure type of uh, mystery going on in God's holy word. God is not about uh, mysteries that we have to solve. Uh, God is about reconciling fallen sinners through his son, Jesus Christ. So we need to get that out of the way right from the start. You, when you hear a lot of, a lot of these pastors or a lot of these um, so-called prophets or so-called modern-day apostles talk about the end times and that they're coming and they know the dates and they've, had, they've decoded all of these things, understand that these are false teachers and those are false teachings. And we want to hold to the Word and how the Word tells us about the end times. And we want to formulate a, a biblically sound eschatology uh, understanding of, of these times. So, that all being said, the first thing I want to look at in this question is the tribulation. I feel like if we're going to discuss the tribulation, we should look at the purpose of the tribulation. One, it's to bring an end to wickedness. Isaiah thirteen nine. Behold, the day of the Lord comes, cruel with wrath and fierce anger, to make the land a desolation and to destroy its sinners from it. Our first reason is that God is to punish the whole world for its sins against God, similar to how he punished the whole world with the flood in Noah's days. Matthew 24, 37 through 39. For as it were in the days of Noah, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. For as in those days before the flood they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day when Noah entered the ark, and they were unaware until the flood came and swept them all the way, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. The other thing with the tribulation, it is to bring about true, real revival. During the first half of the tribulation, God will evangelize through the remnant that remains and fulfill the prophecy Jesus stated in Matthew. Matthew twenty four fourteen, And the gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. That being said, there are three views when it comes to the timing of the tribulation, or better yet, when the rapture will happen in regards to the tribulation. Some believe the rapture will happen pre-tribulation, some believe mid-tribulation, and others believe post-tribulation. Now let's look at these views. Pre-tribulation, those who hold to this view of the rapture believe that Christ will rapture his church to heaven prior to the seven-year tribulation. The main scripture often pointed to, and there are too many for us to get into uh, in this over-encompassing episode of this broad subject, but Revelation 3.10. Revelation 3.10, because, because you have kept my word about patient endurance, I will keep you from the hour of trial that is coming on the whole world to try those who dwell on the earth. Also, after chapter 3 of Revelation, the church is never mentioned during the tribulation, which is covered in chapters 14 through 19. So if the tribulation is this major event, why do we not see the church during the tribulation in Scripture if the church was around during the tribulation? 
mid-tribulation are those who hold to hold to the fact of or the the view of i don't, don't want to start saying fact here throwing that word around the word fact is far too often um, abused and and used very liberally but those who hold to the view of the mid-tribulation have the view that the rapture um, god will rapture the church through the first half after the first half of the tribulation um and 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 though the church will actually go through the first half of the tribulation and then be raptured just prior to the second half of the tribulation which is often referenced as the great tribulation now the main passage pointed to at for this uh, belief is revelation 11 11 through 13 but after the three and a half days a breath of life from god entered them and they stood up on their feet and great fear fell on those who saw them. Then they heard a loud voice from heaven saying to them, Come up here. And they went up to heaven in a cloud, and their enemies watched them. And at the hour there was a great earthquake, and a tenth of the city fell. Seven thousand people were killed in the earthquake, and the rest were terrified and gave glory to the God of heaven. The post-tribulation group are those who hold to view uh, that believes the church will endure the full tribulation and be raptured at its conclusion. Now, those who offer an argument for this view do not have a whole lot of scripture to back up the theory, so they offer the argument from, one, a historical view. They argue that the early church held this view, um, even though in scriptures we, we don't necessarily see that. Two, the argument against imminence. Some in this group argue that the early church did not believe the return of Christ was imminent, believing that the early church understood many things had to happen prior to the event. Three, they believe that the church has promised tribulation. They point to scriptures like John 16, 1-2 and Romans 12, 2, which they believe predicts tribulation and that the Christian will not be able to escape. Now, there are several other arguments for this view, which consist of when the resurrection happened or happens, some that involve the parables of the wheat and the tares, and, and many more. I mean, we, can, we could be here for days talking about the arguments uh, between all three of these views. But let me emphasize that the difference in where one falls in the debate of when the rapture occurs should not split the church. In no way does one standing on, on this disqualify them from the faith. The first two, pre-trib and mid-trib, are the most widely accepted by theologians of most denominations. And I believe the greatest argument could be made for the pre-tribulation rapture due to the fact that the church is not mentioned any further after Revelation 3. The tribulation begins in chapters 4, so if the tribulation is going to be such a major part of the church, why then is the church not mentioned during the events written about during the tribulation? the most logical answer would be that the church has been raptured. So I hold to a pre-tribulation view for when the church will be taken to heaven. Now this brings us then to the next part of this question, which is the millennial. The Old Testament and the New Testament contain many references to the kingdom of the Messiah. This is uh, the rule and reign of Jesus Christ upon the earth. Actually, it is one of the most mentioned subjects in the Bible. How long will this kingdom last, though? Well, we get an idea of that in Revelation 26. Blessed and holy is the one who shares in the first resurrection. Over such the second death has no power, but they will be priests 
of God and of Christ, and they will reign with him for a thousand years. So a thousand years, a millennium, hence the term the millennial kingdom. Now the debate here is this, since the millennial kingdom is established when Christ returns and when his kingdom is present, the premillennialist or the view of premillennialism is the view in which believes Christ will return literally on earth and establish his kingdom on earth for a thousand years. And this will occur after the full tribulation and before the establishment of the new heavens and the new earth as we see in Revelation 20. Now, as we talked about earlier, there are different views on when the church will be raptured in regards to the tribulation. One could, in theory, believe any three of the tribulation views and still hold to a premillennialist view, since the premillennialist view is that of when Christ's return is at the end of the tribulation. So, a premillennialist could believe that the church is raptured, then the tribulation happens, then Christ returns to establish his millennial kingdom. Or a premillennialist could believe the first part of the tribulation happens, the church is raptured, then the great tribulation happens, and then Christ returns to establish his millennial kingdom. And lastly, one could believe that the full tribulation happens, the church is raptured, and then Christ returns to establish his millennial kingdom. Now the last one does not does or does suffer a bit from the begging the question. Why would Jesus have the church go through the tribulation, then rapture them up to heaven, only to turn around and bring them right back to establish his kingdom here? So that third may be somewhat disqualified easily with Scripture. But just because of someone's view on the tribulation, pre-trib, post, or mid-trib, or post-trib, doesn't necessarily mean or define their view on the millennium king, the millennial kingdom. Most premillennialists hold to the first layout, though, that the church is raptured pre-tribulation, that the tribulation happens, and at the end, Christ returns to judge the wicked and establish his millennial kingdom. The next view would be amillennialism or amillennialist. This is the view that there is no literal future 1,000-year reign of Christ on earth. Many Amillennialists or amillennialists believe the spiritual form of the kingdom is present right here, right now. So to them, we are currently in the millennial kingdom, which began at Christ's first coming and established by the preaching and spreading of the gospel. Amillennialism often teaches that there's no rapture, rather from the time of Christ's first ascension into heaven in the first century recorded in Acts 1 until he returns both good and and evil will grow in the world as God's kingdom is running against Satan's kingdom. They believe Satan is currently bound, but evil increases, and when Jesus returns, the end of the world will occur with a general resurrection and a general judgment of all people. This view takes the view that the kingdom prophecies are spiritual based. Now, they point to several scriptures um, on this, but one of the, the big points of argument here for their view of no rapture is that the term rapture is not seen in the scripture. Even though we see the concept, the term in and of itself is not. And the wording in Revelation, speaking of the first uh, um, resurrection and the second resurrection, um, they've taken these and formulated this, this view. Third, there's the postmillennialism or postmillennialist view. 
And it's very similar to amillennialism in that it holds to the view that we are currently in the millennial kingdom, which began with Christ first coming, but with the difference being rather that it merely, it being merely just spiritual, like the amillennialists believe, the postmillennialists believe it is manifested in the physical as well with the, as with the impact Christianity has had on the world with the preaching and spreading of the gospel, and that it will continue until an overwhelming majority has been converted to Christ. So it is the Christian followers who actually bring about the millennial kingdom through evangelizing and works. So, which is it? Well, the Bible does not teach all three of these views. It teaches one coherent view throughout all of Scripture. To get to this view, we must understand a few items. And so we need to borrow something from Dr. Uh, I want to borrow something from Dr. Gerald Stanton on these points. First, the Bible should be interpreted consistently and literally. We should always see the Bible as what it says is the literal meaning for it. That's our, we should go into it with, with that understanding and we should interpret it consistently. God does not change. The same God of the Old Testament is the same God in the New Testament. Now, oftentimes, people today, with a secular view, or even those who have come maybe into the church uh, with a more liberal view um, or a more cultural view of things, they like to uh, divorce the God that they claim is in the New Testament from the Old Testament God. But God is the same. His nature and his will and his character are consistent throughout all of Scripture. So we need to read and interpret his word consistently. Secondly, the Old Testament teaches a literal earthly kingdom. There are several scriptures that speak of the earthly kingdom. Um, and so, again, if we're going to look and interpret this consistently and literally, uh, we need to take those into account. Christ himself taught about an earthly kingdom. Revelation 20 undoubtedly teaches a premillennial view. And the first century church held to a premillennial view. Premillennialism harmonizes the entire Bible. If we're going to look at God's word consistently, um, we see harmony throughout it. We do not see inconsistencies. We do not see um, error. Uh, it is inerrant. And premillennialism is in perfect harmony with the entirety of the scripture. Premillennialism is the only view which offers a satisfactory conclusion to history. Amillennialism and postmillennialism are nowhere to be found in Scripture. So the view of premillennialism has the strongest presence in the text of Scripture. So, Zach, to answer your question, and I, I know it took us a while to get here, but I had to fill the time slot. The correct view of both issues of the tribulation and the millennial kingdom as the two with the most support of Scripture is a viewpoint of the rapture occurring pre-tribulation, and the premillennial view on the millennial kingdom. I hope this answered your question. Um, and I hope to, to be able to answer your other question about your taste in music down the road. Um, but I'll get to that next time I see you. Let, let us know uh, on our Facebook page. And if anyone has any questions regarding the scriptures, theology, or doctrinal issues, please like Seek the Word on Facebook and drop us a question. 
Also, weekly, we will post an opportunity for questions for that coming Friday. We pray everyone listening belongs to a biblically-based, scripturally sound church. If you're looking for a church, please join us at Grace Community Christian Church at 612 East Jefferson Street, Plymouth, Indiana. Service times are 11 a.m. Sunday morning and Wednesday evening service at 630 p.m. We thank you for listening again. Goodbye and God bless.